we are back. Evening. So, uh, Diego, how was the preparation today? Did you like it? Yeah, everything went swimmingly as all things go. You have so many technical things you gotta take into account. Um, we made it, started at nine o'clock sharp. Uh, My compliments. Well, um, we have a very special guest uh, today. He is uh, not only uh, a dear friend, which I should, should say first, a very critical friend, somebody who's always uh, available to help, to help others, to help other Surinamese people succeed. And that's the first way I'd like to introduce him with all the titles and everything. First, it's somebody who really wants others to succeed in Suriname as well. And uh, secondly, most people know him as the CEO of AppTastic, one of the main app building, but also web development building uh, companies in Suriname. And it's a lot more, which we will talk about as well. And uh, there's so many things to, to I mean, the, the list is quite long. He's one of the few Surinamese uh, vice presidents global vice presidents of the GCI. So there's so much. I don't know where the list ends. So I think we just have to introduce him. Mr. Rajiv Hiralal, welcome to Social Convos. Well, yes. Hi, hi. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, I think this is my cue to say hi. So <laughs> hi. Welcome to the show, Rajiv. I think you forgot a few there to mention. It's also the Wildlife Alumni it's a program going on now. I think we'll talk about that as well. We all have some our own personal stories regarding that. Um, yeah. And the national vice president and something very dear to the Silicon Valley. Started really, and we definitely want to hear more of that for topic for today. We're talking about running Suriname on a national level. Yes, and uh, quickly we want to do uh, Gregory. Yes, the audio is good, but it's a little bit laggy on Diego's side. We're not gonna get into the details of the preparation for today, uh, but we're happy that we're live. We'll try to figure out what's going on. Uh, on the audio side and why it's a little bit uh, laggy. Uh, Leroy, welcome back to the show. Good to have you again this week. We're looking forward uh, to some awesome questions from you later on as well. So, uh, Rajiv, where where do we start? Like, we did a general introduction now, but but the story of Rajiv, where, where does it start? Okay, that's a good question. I think let's start at uh, where I live in uh, Lidl.com. That's, uh, that's outside the capital of Parama, uh, of Suriname. I mean, um, and I live on a farm. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, yes, here, don't I, uh, <laughs> I live on a farm, and uh, uh, I decided to also um, move my family with children in the city uh, to, uh, to uh, the farm. And uh, make that uh, my story uh, to say to say it, and um, because I, I I really found uh, balance between uh, 
let's say the famous saying, people, planet, and profit. Okay, because um, of course we're we're gonna jump in right to the the Silicon Dorp story, because there's a, there's a bigger picture. You just said uh, you're very into people, planet, profit as well, but there's a bigger picture to you representing Lily Dorp because it didn't start there. I think it also started with GCI Urban. Uh, I don't know which came first, the ambition for uh, Silicon Dorp or the ambition to build GCI Urban to what it is today. Is there is there some connection there as well? No, there was nothing actually. Uh, not not in terms of connection, but I didn't even realize that I wanted to have a Silicon Dorp or uh, I didn't even know GCI. Uh, but but in my core, I always believe that Suriname uh, has something special to offer. When I grew up, um, I was I was always asked, "Do you feel more like, or do you feel more like a, a Japanese, or do you feel more like a Indian?" Um, because I'm a mix of both. And uh, crazy me, and this is the one thing I remember of me being very very young, two or three years, is I. I decided to answer all the people that I am Surinamese. And they stopped asking me that question. <laughs> and, I, uh, and that's, that's where the pride and the belief in my country uh, grew even more. Okay, you're getting a shout out from Jern. Go, Senator. So, so let's talk a little bit about, because you're wearing, uh, not only representing Suriname, but you're also wearing a GCI Shirt. So, so tell us a little bit about the journey of GCI. How did it start? And of course, the experience of being a, a, a vice president for the GCI globally. What what has that meant for your for your life or for your career or both? Okay. Uh, well, I joined the organization in two thousand six. I was only eighteen years old. Um, and uh, coming from the uh, high school, video and uh, wanted to do more. Uh, Join organization. I, I first met them through the speaking competitions that they had, uh, and, and that's where I started. Uh, and the first chapter of GCI Unified. Um, and the great about GCI actually is that um, I discovered my own strengths and hidden talents that I didn't even have through the opportunities they provided uh, just by doing stuff. And uh, and my, my first my first uh, project was one to uh, set up a magazine. Uh, as I needed to do an internal newsletter, but I decided no, I want a newsletter. Let's do big. And at that time, it was United Magazine. Let's at least bring it to that level. Be the, you know the best, uh, best push push forward, and we managed to do that. Uh, internally, we set up the magazine fully in English as well, uh, and through that process, I discovered uh, self assurance uh, about finance, self assurance about my graphic design skills, and that's where it, that, that's where it lifted up. So many. Uh, projects back then it was free but i was glad to do it for free to do graphic stuff for free but because then i got it got a chance to practice my skills practice my customer engagement uh skill. work on everything because i was a really nerd and introvert back then so 
you could say that JCI forms your like or awoke your from their garage because I know Rajiv from the university we go a while and he was a senior so we were the same um, faculty uh, and he brought me into GCI as well so I saw this guy walking around uh, promoting the event we're having it later and he said what it is and I swung by, and that was my first encounter with the conversation. And just like the MIA has, um, it pushes you to certain degrees to discover yourself and also challenges you enough to, um, yes, try new things and take new challenges onto yourself. And looking back the past, I think it's eight years now uh, that I've been in the organization, you can see the growth. I think Rajiv as well, going from 18 years old, the minimum age limit even, I, I started a, a bit later. And I think it took you 10 years, what? Uh, to get on an international level, which is really, really impressive for no, not just anyone, but at such a young age as well. Yes, um, I, I, it, it is still, um, sometimes I think, uh, why do you do these crazy things? <laughs> why do you want to, why did you push that boundary to, uh, to go international um, and experience a load of uncomfortable um, experiences? And, and uh, I must say, I felt a bit out of, uh, a bit at the beginning out of, uh, out of my league. Um, but then I had to just um, get back up and um, get get on that level, to be very honest. And that's actually um, almost the story of my life, putting myself in uncomfortable positions only to learn more about myself and uh, become better. Could you tell us more about how that experience now translates to your, like, your business, how you set up your business, started with Aptastic. Um, even that backstory, I was there from the start remembering uh, that small office, three by three meters, uh, and the uh, Hadi Benjamin Strat. And I was there. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, no. Those are some very crazy stories. But uh, um, your, how that leadership or how has it shaped me? Um, Okay, I'm just trying to find a, find a cool note there, but uh, I'll, I'll stick to the international one. Uh, the international part was the, the grown-up league. <laughs> that was the really the grown-up league. And uh, in the sense that you engage as an individual, but also you represent a nation. 
Um, and when you deal with people, you um, you need to to be very specific. You need to um, have an a formal agenda uh, in terms of what the country needs to do, etc. But also we your interpersonal skills needs to make that formal agenda people motivated to get on the formal agenda and that's the one that i take back home in terms of uh, um, continuing to build uh, build my company but also uh, in joining other organizations there's uh, the formal side and the informal side the famous thing uh, Things are not happening on the actual meeting. The actual decisions are happening on the floor. But there's a whole, uh, you could say, a whole book or a whole uh, set of instructions that you don't get to learn uh, in school or anywhere. You actually have to learn through experience to make mistakes and uh, making it happen. And the, the one thing I, I take pride in is that always. Um, Suriname for me is uh, me representing Suriname and Suriname needs to get one step forward, one step forward, one step forward. Awesome. Uh, I'm actually looking at a video which is Suriname related because we're going to talk about a lot about that. It's Suriname related. It's also Rajiv related. And then, of course, I want to tell another story about it as well. So I'm trying to figure out which is the best way to share it uh, and have the audio work. So while I set it up, Diego, maybe you have one more follow-up question uh, for uh, Rajiv, and then I'll share the video. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess uh, listening to what you just said and having that experience on the floor, as you say, in playing in the big league, because you, you meet you start meeting people that have are CEOs of these multi-million dollar companies and from Japan, from Canada, the US, all over the world. So what's your what was your I guess one of your earlier encounters when you met such a person on that was on that scale in their professional, I guess career and you're reflecting that back to the stage where you were with your company well the the cool thing is about it uh, um, ACI, you are uh, your your wealth is not you're not measured by your wealth it's actually we're, we're at the same mission so um i didn't even get a, like prepaid you're there and you're there um i actually got a chance to just ask questions hey how are you, how are you doing this and People are glad to share um, how they dealt with their um, with their experiences. No matter if they're an NGO business or a multimillionaire, they're just glad to offer um, that, that help. And that's one of the things about networking is networking is not uh, done through a business card. Networking is done through creating friendships, um, and through those friendships, uh, you get a lot of things done. Um, we we got an interesting. See, this, this is why here. he's a senator. This is why he's a senator, Diego. His yeah. answers are so much more political correct than I would do. So I quickly wanna before you share Gregory's comment, uh, Diego. Yeah. I wanna uh, let uh, Rajiv know that uh, Silesil 
also uh, said hi. And Joseph is back as well this week. So thanks for joining in again, Joseph. And now you can you can go to the the uh, the, the the burning question, uh, Diego. Yeah, um, Gregory has an interesting comment here, and maybe you can demystify it a bit for him. So he says uh, his opinion or observation of organizations like JCI and the Rotiers, how they use titles and status. Of course, it's uh, possible to do a lot of good, but he always gets a cold vibe from it. Um, is that a misconception that people have or because you say they, they treat you like, you know, uh, on an equal level, they're open to talk. But then from an outsider's view, with, when people hear JCI, they see the titles and addressing you so politely. It's kind of a cognitive dissonance that you create in people's head. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And I like to ask it sim simple. Um, basically, if you're using the titles and the titles make you get a cult vibe, then you're in a big cult. Uh, because uh, any company has titles, etc. And uh, but but the one thing I would like to address is what, what Diego already mentioned: is uh, each organization has a culture, and uh, through that culture, you have either uh, you build a one-level playing field culture, or you have the high hierarchical guard culture. That almost gives that a call vibe, but um, but I, I I I would say try it and then and then um, uh, make your decision because that's also what I thought because I heard people say those things and it's almost the same with a crypto if you would only hear uh, believe the hype or the stories that are being told. You would probably uh, not do it. So first, my advice is just experience it, um, and and don't limit yourself to JCI Rotary. Um, and there are other international organizations also out there. And for us, it's for me, for me, it's important that uh, that you um, utilize the tools that these organizations have, but at the same time, try to brand Suriname at a, a better level. Because when you hear Suriname. They expect something else, <laughs> and not in well, a positive sense. No, no, no. I, I actually, I want to correct that. In in the Rotary family, if you speak of Suriname, they're like they know how to party. That's that's <laughs> one thing. Like that's one thing that that we've put in. And yeah, we're not gonna get that out. Uh, Gregory, I I might jump into this this answer uh, a little bit later. For now, I'll. I'll keep it with Rajiv's answer. Uh, quickly, Jill says hi. Thank you for joining in, Jill, uh, as well as Marvin. And uh, very nice. Thank you, Nancy, for joining in as well. That's pretty cool. Uh, we just spoke about uh, GCI, and I personally first met Nancy through GCI as well. Um, so uh, I, I have the video uploaded as well. They think that's Suriname is in South Africa. I don't think Rajiv was talking about that, Joseph. He was talking about something else. But um, we're quickly going to show a video. It's a quite short video. Uh, and then we're going to talk about it because there's a backstory behind this uh, video, also from the side of myself and, and Diego. So I'm here on the false matter. And speaking of life-changing experiences, definitely visit false matter. Um, and one of the life-changing experiences 
as an entrepreneur one should have is the YLI experience young leaders of the Americas initiative so if you're still uh, not sure if you should sign up I hope this video will persuade you in joining because if I came all the way to Faltzbera to make this video for you guys just to prove that you should join my man my friends you should really consider it bye bye it's it's everything into one <laughs> it's 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 branding uh the program the wide eye program uh it's it's branding Suriname. it's 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 so much it's i think it's such a personal touch and so much of something rajiv would do that we just had to share this video of course Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Martino says that you flew there with a chopper. Is that correct? <laughs> uh, for now, the rumor, I'll stick to the rumor. Yes, I flew with a chopper. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. So we're, we're introducing a new segment today. Uh, Diego and I briefly discussed this segment. And I want to call this, uh, well, actually, we want to ask the people, uh, who are joining in, whether we should call it Let Me Tell You a Story or Story Time or what were the other options, uh, Diego? Um, something about the truth. Uh, true, oh, yeah. true story. True story. True story. So I'm going to put it here. So the option A was uh, Let Me Tell You a Story. Option B was story, story time. time story time with and the option c was true story. true story so we want to ask the people who are joining in to let us know in the comments which of these three you would like best for uh this segment and quickly uh while i joseph wants to point out it was truly a great experience rick joins in as well from facebook thank you very much for joining in rick uh, now you can actually see that the show is actually in English because we, we laughed about it. And um, Consuelo here says, love the GCI culture uh, with people coming in. B, B. So for now, it's story time with. So so I'm quickly going to uh, oh, be everybody great. so far is saying B. So, so let's quickly put in a banner that says B, uh, story time with. And then we're going to have a quick, quick story time with. So. Okay, so this is the, the story. Welcome to Storytime with Social Confos. And we're quickly going to tell the story of how I missed the opportunity to actually meet Barack Obama. Because while I, if I remember correctly, uh, Rajiv, first was, it was an initiative under Obama. So one yeah. of the first years in 2015, which was the last year, of course, um, Trump already won the election that year. But during the time of Wiley, um, Barack was still president, was still acting president. And basically also a very big selling point for Wiley in 2015 was you would get to shake Obama's hand. That's, that was kind of the promise of the program. Now, uh, somebody approached me to join the program at the time in 2015, and I ended up not signing up or not going for it. Um, because my daughter was less than a year old 
And uh, from where I was with in the relationship with my wife, uh, it could have broken up our marriage or it could have had a very big impact on my marriage for having a child less than a year old to leaving the country for three weeks. The country where she came to for me, leaving it for three weeks for a program and uh, telling her, yeah, but I'm going to shake Obama's hand was kind of a hard sell. It wasn't really a sell that I would go through. And then the next year, I would have could have applied as well in 2016. But in 2016 um, is when Ineffable was founded. So that would have meant that if I would have gone to Wiley in 2016, it might have not, Ineffable might have never happened. So for me, it's on one side, it's, it's really, um, really like, yeah, I really wanted to go. It's one of the hardest choices in my life that I had to make, but both in 2015 and 2016, I still, if I look back, I still feel I, I made the best personal choice for myself. So it still hurts. I'm still kind of not heartbroken, but it still hurt that I didn't do the program. But on the other side, at that point in life, uh, I had to, I had uh, other things that had a higher priority. And for those watching, uh, watching that are like, okay, but why you didn't try it in 2017? Basically my, my life after, after 2017 changed that much that the program, the, the biggest things that I wanted to learn in the program, those were not of the similar interest that they were in 2015 and 2016. So that's the story of me uh, passing on a chance uh, to, to actually meeting Barack Obama. So that's my side of the story. Yeah, m mine wasn't as grandiose as yours. Um that I got personally approached like you did. Um, but I did know a few people from the very, very early pilot uh, first cohort uh, before they officially did applications. Um, and yeah, I heard about that, it from them. Because um, Rajiv, if I remember correctly, you were the second cohort, right? After the pilot. And yeah, they, they told me that it's going to be there again next year. But it wasn't as widely promoted as it is now, like on every social media, you got alumni pushing it through their personal channels and everything. So I didn't realize it was one year later again and the time arrived to apply again. So I actually missed the deadline. I saw Rajiv leave to the States and I, oh, there was a program that I could have applied to. <laughs> um, so yeah, and, but then I applied the next year didn't get through the selection, applied again. Um, got one step further in the selection, applied again. Uh, got through the um, interview stage. So almost there, didn't get through. And that was in 2019, um, right before the, yeah, before the situation we're in now happened. And that was kind of fortunate for me as well, because I had a choice to make uh, whether to to which country to go to to which program and I was planning it in such a way that how could I do both <laughs> but when I heard when I heard the news that I can't, didn't get through the final selection I was relieved I was relieved because then I could focus on my other option which was a year long yeah. uh, New Zealand so and Nancy don't say poor Diego he, he he had a great 2020. Don't worry about it. So Rick asked the question, uh, 
is Obama still are you associated with uh, YLI? Is is that the case, uh, Rajiv, or not? No, I don't uh, officially. Um, we might be now more affiliated uh, again with, uh, with President Biden. Uh, but the thing, the thing that happened uh, twenty sixteen when we went to uh, the, the program. Um, it was election. We went to DC on election day. Um, we actually, uh, I also went to election voting station, etc. Uh, and we expected to meet President Obama, but he couldn't. Uh, he didn't come, obviously. Uh, but he did send uh, Richard Branson. Ooh, so, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. So, so I was happy. Shanok, you missed your nice conversation. Richard Branson. <laughs> yes, so I missed Obama and I missed Richard Branson the year after that. So yeah, okay. So I now missed officially missed two people that I wanted to okay. shake hands with. <laughs> and, and and let's let's say this. The, yeah. um, I also have uh, would like to invite President Obama uh, to to visit. Uh, so that's one of uh, one of my goals to have these guys visit Suriname. Maybe with Richard, he can he can fly fly in. Uh, in one day, we take him to Fort Meadow and have a great time there, and he flies back home. Because that's really one of the great things to experience. Okay. Okay. So, because we've been speaking about branding, and you have been slowly putting it in there, and we're already through the halfway mark. So, before we go to branding Suriname, let's do a, a quick fire round. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the quick fire round, uh, basically, Diego and I ask questions uh, to our guest, and is there short yes or no or A or B questions? And then you get to elaborate on one or two questions of those questions uh, afterwards. So are you ready for some quick fire questions? I'm not. What <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you need to do the firing. Is that true? Yeah, we yeah. need to do the firing questions. Um uh, yeah, so Keiji just said, just wanted to say that why don't we bring Obama here? In case you missed it, Rajiv just mentioned that one of his goals is to actually get Obama here. One of my goals is to get Zuckerberg here. No, actually Gary Fee uh, to Suriname. Yeah. That's the bigger goal no, for me. Want, you don't want Mark, man. <laughs> yeah, I want to have Mark here. I do want to have Mark here. Uh, and and I'll explain in in another episode, but uh, it's I don't think it's that relevant for this episode. So are you ready for the quick fire, Diego? I yeah, tried to do I something yeah, quick with, uh, with the quick fire. All right, awesome. I'll so, go first. Uh, all right, yes. go ahead. Uh, easy then, easy then. So Rajiv, um... <laughs> yes. beaches. No, go, ahead. go ahead. Beaches or sulas? Sulas. Ah, okay, okay. So we just mentioned Richard Branson. So Richard Branson or Elon Musk? Elon. Elon. Okay. Elon Branson. Elon Branson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Elon. Yeah. Okay. Elon. Yeah. The wildlife experience or. The JCI Japan JCI. Academy. Oh, why like? Why like? Well, okay, what what just happened? Because he switched answer mid question. No, I, no, I, I went specific. Yeah. So oh, okay, uh, okay. to ex kind of exchange programs. Uh, the JCI also has um, 
a program for, for if you're going to national president and international, the Japan uh, chapters, they have this grandiose uh, big uh, program that you go through uh, to basically, yeah, um, get you ready for the job. Yeah, okay. and get to experience Japan from the hospitality and all that in the whole culture. It's a smart setup. But I would uh, still do the wide uh, program. Okay. Getting a worldly, worldly renowned brand, having them headquartered in Suriname, or having a Surinamese brand headquartered in a one of the biggest cities in the world. So let's take New York. No, the first one. Having so a big global company, brand headquartered, yeah. headquartered in yeah, Suriname. Definitely. Okay. Because that global brand can be from here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final question for me. Um, let's bring it to branding. Silicon dot of Silicon Valley. Oh, dot of, oh, branding. Hey, oh, definitely. Silicon dot of, uh, and you can easily interchange that with uh, with a Wakanda or something. But that's a uh, that's a uh, <laughs> oh, hundred year goal. Uh, probably I won't be there to witness it, but. Uh, Silicon Valley uh, has its good sides, but also has its bad sides. Suriname, um, com with its strengths, combined with its strengths of Silicon Valley, yet Silicon Valley. Okay. Um, Nikeri or Maravena? People, please don't take this personal. If you're watching this and you're living in Nikeri or Maravena, don't take this personal. I would say uh, Maravena. Want to share why? Uh, because I haven't, uh, I haven't been to go yet, so I'm, I'm pushing myself to explore. Okay. But uh, Maravena. Uh, has I think well both both districts are awesome uh, and has a lot of potential. Uh, but Maruena has something that I and I haven't went, I didn't go there, but it seems to have something. I can't find it. Coffee, uh, some treasure there. Well, one of the one of the things is one of the internet uh, cables comes through Maruena, comes in from from that side. So that that might be a trigger, and also I I don't I don't know if you've I mean Biggie Pun is nice, but uh, I don't know if you've seen pictures of Galibi as well. So it's it's uh, it's kind of a so we're we're having a a couple of uh, before we go to the the main topic of today, uh, Rajiv they want uh, Juan Luis Guerra to accompany Barack to Suriname. Um, Rick is asking no Japan, and he's also. Laughing about Silicon Dorp. Uh, Rick, in case you don't know, uh, Rajiv already bought all the properties surrounding your house to make Silicon Dorp there. So, uh, and, uh, and maybe, maybe a little bit 
still a little bit more of the story of fish and of silicon dark maybe in a, in short you can uh, for those people who joined in a little bit late uh, before we move to branding Suriname, what what do you want to share? What do you want people to know about Silicon Dharam? Actually, this is a good question to lead into the branding. Um, aside from the story vision behind Silicon Dharam and the answers you've given to our quick fire, I think it's a nice way to paint a picture as to how to start or how to progress branding the country as a whole through those elements. Okay, no, thank you uh, for that question. Uh, so Silicon Valley, you can see Silicon Valley is an innovation ecosystem. And that innovation ecosystem uh, has elements you need to have um, innovators, you need to have venture capitalists, banks, all, all types of things. And uh, I ask myself, why not in Suriname? Why can't you not have that? Uh, and not a copy of it, but just um, the, the ecosystem, the innovation ecosystem, the best practices, and then join it with our, our strengths. And our strengths are, are a lot. Um, first of all, uh, how would you like to build your startup from uh, a Sula? Uh, imagine being in Berkendal and then uh, taking your jet and taking a Sula and then coming back to your office in Berkendal. Wouldn't that be awesome? Uh, so those are the things. I mean, in the stage, it's cold. Uh, here it's, it's warm. You can turn on the AC. Uh, you have fresh air. Uh, we can we have different choices in food uh, and many, many, many other strengths. So one combined. So that was the thought, thought behind that. And uh, I'm from the so I then coined the name, oh, let's just call it Silicon. Silicon. And then I realized uh, Suriname is a dot-up. And so it's the, it's the whole country. And if you even look at abstract or abstract view, the whole Caribbean is a small it's, it's, it's also like a dot-up. So I think you can uh, jump from a little town to the whole country, the whole Caribbean, with Silicon Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that, um, that the country or that the whole Caribbean is a dot of. Because fun story here, uh, I have a few friends from Africa and you know the population and the size of the countries in Africa. So they come from villages, communities. So I, I have a really good friend. Uh, from Kenya, and when we were talking uh, with my, the other Caribbeans, they were saying, oh yeah, we have a population of this, this is, a, and then he replied, that's a village. You can, we can adopt all of you and put you in our <laughs> country. So from that sense, from that perspective, yeah, if you look at the sheer size, you could consider us that, that, uh, that <clears throat> way. And, and I think that the dark terminology is kind of, uh, fun, appropriate, uh, fun to that. It's, it's interesting because from as small as we are, it's amazing how much we have accomplished. And of course, it's a lot of individual accomplishments. But if you look at the heritage, the Surinamese heritage, see, we all always kind of make these jokes about Suriname. 
oh, that's typical Surinamese. Oh, that's typical Surinamese. And often it has a negative connotation to it. But if you, because if you look at it from a different perspective, if you're asking yourself, like, what is a typical, what is typical Surinamese? What is typical Surinamese character? What you will find is interesting. Um, I think one of the main Surinamese characteristics is that somebody from Suriname can fit in anywhere in the world. And I think because of our multi, multi, multi ethnic background, from all the things that we experience from a young age, uh, also through economic situations, we're much better equipped of dealing in a, in, a, in a difficult economic situation as compared to a Western country where you kind of grow up and you grow up and there's always this kind of support system and this economic support system. And then all of a sudden, when you come into a situation where you don't have that support system, you don't know what to do. But in Suriname, you grew up with that, with all that support system. So when you actually get into a country where there's a support system, it's only, it's only a positive for you. But the other way around, if you come into an environment and into a situation where you don't have a support system, you're kind of used to it. So it's it's a very different perspective of looking at things, and and sometimes it's hard because you it's hard to you don't fit in anywhere, and and you go to Miami and people think you're a Latino, <laughs> and they just automatically start speaking Spanish to you, and you're like, wait, I, I, I'm not a Latino, and that kind of happens everywhere in the world. So everywhere in the world, if you're Surinamese, you are able to adapt easier anywhere in the world, and I think that's one of the advantages that we don't. When we talk about what's something Surinamese, we don't talk about it that much. That's true. I, I remember uh, going to Bolivia and passing the immigration. Oh, you're from Bolivia, you can pass. Don't worry. I'm <laughs> 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 like, okay. Um, but we take a lot of things for granted. Um, I mean, even just taking a shower, uh, in terms of that, we don't need to preheat it. It's basically drink water. You're showering and drink water. When I take a shower in, in any, any other part of the world, uh, in the States, for example, or in Canada, <laughs> I, have, I, I get rashes after three weeks. And I don't have this problem in Syria now. I, I think my skin is too, uh, how do you say it, uh, for the rent, too swelled. Yeah. But uh, uh, I'm so many drink water. Yeah, don't drink water from the hotel room for the hotel room faucet. Uh, <laughs> you know those kind of things. We're we're like we're just so used to opening up and just pouring water and just drinking water. And then when you're in a hotel room in, in the states, it's like yeah, you, you shouldn't drink that. It's not it's not made for drinking water. It's actually just water to shower or brush your teeth, and that that's the most you can do it. So I think that's also something that we we underestimate. And I. Before this podcast, I I almost wanted to make a list like okay, these are the hundred things that we should be proud of of Surinamese because there 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 are a lot of things we should be proud of. But like Rajiv said, we do take it for granted. I think the biggest example is um, Anthony Nasty. Anthony Nasty was just named the coach, the best swimming coach of the U.S., and he had already won that prize regionally twice. In his first two years, and he's now considered one of the, or not the best, college swimming coach in the in the total U.S. You know how how big of an accomplishment that is, and yeah. and we covered yeah we covered this in a sports podcast a couple of uh, months back about how when Anthony Nasty when he won gold um, in '88 I think um, 
when he won gold, there was this big parade. Everybody went to uh, to Sandere, pick him up. The, everybody through the whole street was there for him, cheering him on. And and then in in '92 when he won bronze, he won a bronze medal at the Olympic Games for Suriname, and he came back home and there was nobody waiting for him. And it was like, wait, you know, and and uh, actually his coach prepared him for it. Like, listen, you're not going to get the same. But he was like, yeah, but I won an Olympic medal. Do people understand what it is that you win an Olympic medal? He didn't say that, but that, that's, that just tells us something. Like since then, since 1992, we've, we've haven't even gotten close to winning an Olympic medal. And in, in retrospect, that, that is something that the way Leticia Frista came back, she was uh, a medal winner in the world world championships, but somehow uh, the the athletics board couldn't make it work uh, to have her part of uh, the board to help help Suriname grow. Uh, Clarence Seydorov, who is one of the the biggest winners in Champions League history, came here, built the stadium, and wanted to build the sports complex. But they just didn't want to give him the status that he he deserves. Uh, he they didn't want to give the complex his name. For God's sake, he's bringing in all the money. He's bringing in all the the big connections, all those people that can can help us. But somehow it's kind of like, yeah, but and and it, it just doesn't happen. And that's something that does worry me. And I think in politics, this will play a very big role in the upcoming elections where um, people who are successful abroad, like people who have Surinamese roots, who are actually proud to be Surinamese, um, they are looked at as being like, yeah, you're a traitor. You didn't stay in Suriname, so you're not one of us. And I think for us, it's very important to to kind of bridge the gap uh, because if we want to properly brand Suriname, we need successful Surinamese people outside of Suriname as much as we need successful Surinamese people in Suriname. So this is something I, I, I do want to put on your plate uh, to talk about because I think this is, is, is very important if we're going to talk. I'm, I'm going to give a last tidbit of our last example. Uh, Raul Nehorst, who made two, two books on mm. famous Surinamese people or people with Surinamese roots. Uh, at a certain point, we had a discussion and I'm very glad that he had discussion with me uh, because I was ranking Facebook pages, Surinamese Facebook pages, and he was telling me, like, you're leaving me out of the ranking. And I told him, I only look at pages who have, like, 60 or 70% of Surinamese fans, uh, and only I'm only listing those pages, which was a criteria. It was a criteria which I could change, which was flexible, but that was, for me, kind of the criteria. And then he was like, yeah, but you don't know that I have a Surinamese passport, right? And I was like, whoa, no, I didn't know that. And that's something that, you know, somebody like Raul Nehorst, who's a renowned photographer, but lives abroad, works abroad, has his company abroad, but kept his Surinamese passport. And we're like, yeah, but you're Dutch. You're, you're not one of us. And, you know, that's, that's something that we do have to, to overcome. Yes. Um, first of all, I would like to just give a shout-out to, um, because you mentioned about this, uh, our athletes right now. I'm happy that this has changed, and uh, so I think the people are in this call who help change that. So, yeah, Jacobi and uh, Consuelo. Uh, 
when Rose Rosenstruck and uh, Dean Jorge, that the team came back, you see her uh, her neck <laughs> uh, dancing. Uh, with her. So that's that's the kind of welcome we should give our uh, stars, even if they if they do. So that that's a good step. Um, and yeah, uh, the part about the mentality that we have uh, or that is somehow instilled in us. Uh, it's almost like uh, a father uh, having a child, uh, children uh, with one mother and another mother. Um, and years later, they discover each other, uh, they become old and uh, they discover each other. And now they, uh, they've been fed in separate information about each other. And then now they come back and they start hating each other uh, or have some kind of mistrust issues because it's not even their fault. Uh, and, and that's basically how I, the, the situation. And um, I think that's also, I also had to deal with this one. How, how, uh, how can we embrace each other? And I think uh, just like myself, a lot of people are also uh, still dealing with that. How can we embrace um, and while at the same time not uh, losing our, uh, our identity? And that's a discussion we still have to have as a nation. What's our identity? So I won't go into that, but just talking about mentality in uh, general, uh, there is a Crab mentality, C R A B, crab mentality, crab mentality. Uh, yeah, episode out. Uh, the Caribbean, and so we've been, we've been, and also now we've also uh, been accused of uh, our, our citizens having that kind of mentality. And I asked myself, how do you handle that? Because uh, seventy-five years from now, if you want to reach that high level, you will have to deal with that. The ecosystem that you have to build, uh, we have to trust, somehow trust and, and share more with each other. Um, but if, if, the, if we have that mentality or people have that mentality, how do we have it? Oops. I hope uh, he'll get reconnected very soon. Well, yes. We sort out that technical difficulty. I'll ki- chime in a bit. Um, talking about, and oh, okay. Um, yeah, Rajiv, you are talking about the mentality. But before you continue, let, let me just uh, share my thoughts a bit on that. And yeah, I agree it's a mentality, a culture uh, that you need to cultivate if you want to create. Um, I'm relating this back to the ecosystem vision you're building with with the dot-up. It's something you have to cultivate to, you know, lift each other up. But then that brings the question, um, you having a lot of international experience now, from what you've seen, are our problems, that mentality that we've so discussed, unique and is it something Suriname, Caribbean, or is it just something that you see in developing countries? And how, as Jean-Luc said, should we attempt to bridge that? 
as a country as a whole. Okay, um, and, and this is an interesting because I haven't done, I don't have the data on this. So I can only make an assumption. And uh, I think it's uh, definitely a bit linked to being uh, colonized and uh, as a nation, but not on the first stage, on the, the later stage, the, the exit exit part because there a lot of things happen there um and a lot of strategies were, were used and i think it's definitely linked to that uh, those nations uh, the, the, the south american nations the caribbean nations uh, I, I i haven't experienced this in europe to be honest um the but maybe because they they dealt they started earlier with with uh, building that ecosystem. So that's that's also a, a possibility. Uh, but what important is uh, I think they, um, they 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 realized that this was they I guess they started out in their education system, changing their education system, uh, but also the support systems. Uh, as a whole, so uh, yeah, we have a lot, a uh, long way to go. And 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 just jumping back to that uh, mentality part. Um, before I joined JCI, I uh, had I had uh, the I was I was wired in a way that I wanted to complete. The government doesn't do this, doesn't do that, da da da. They cut me who that And after I joined DCI, I said, "Okay, how can I add value? How can I help solve this?" So that's one of the biggest um, added value this organization had is changing my uh, mindset and uh, my attitude towards things. And that actually helped me a lot because when you look. Uh, through the world to um, value and uh, creating solutions, you live differently. And I think that's still what we need to uh, address. Um, and to come back to that part of the mentality, also the crap mentality, how I think we should, how we can lift each other up is actually um, slowly but surely raise the platform in that barrel. And then we realize that we're on top of the barrel and I do want to. I do want to jump into that because Michael here made a very, very interesting uh, statement. Uh, I think we have the crap mentality because, in general, we. Uh, I think we believe that there's not not enough for everyone. We should be thinking more in terms of abundance, as Suriname has enough resources available. I think this is a very, very valid point, Michael. Thanks for for joining in on this, and I think also that we have to realize that the market now. It's it's a it's it's a short sort of thinking like there's not enough for everybody. But we look at the Surinamese market as just the Surinamese market. We tend to kind of look in the boundaries of Suriname. And once we start accepting, especially what we are seeing now with COVID with the internet, all of a sudden the market isn't just Suriname. We're not just here, and there's not just five hundred thousand people who can consume your product or your service. There's much more than that. The rest of the world wants to know about Suriname. We have so much rich culture. 
things that we can tell about where others will be like, wow, we didn't know that. Simple. And, and the funny thing is somebody told me this and then we started looking at it and we started realizing the people who are showing us how great Suriname is are often people from abroad coming here and realizing what we have. And it's the same. Somebody came here from the U.S. on a mission for the U.S. government and, they, and he had found out about acai and he started making dried acai fruits and it kind of blew up in the U.S. And we're like, what? And all of us now are watching this. Uh, I think he's from Ghana, but I'm not sure. This African YouTuber who lives in the U.S. who is reacting to Surinamese songs. And all of a sudden, we're like, yeah, look at him reacting to our songs. But that should make us realize like how good Surinamese music actually is. And I'm waiting for Surinamese artists to go viral in Africa. And maybe we should just start targeting YouTube videos from Surinamese artists in Africa and just see what happens. Because just like Asanto reached Suriname, I'm pretty sure Kaseko and Kawina can reach Africa as well. And people can be like, wait, what is this? We definitely dig this. We feel this. So we, if we start thinking about the market is bigger than Suriname, there's enough for everybody because the market isn't just Suriname. We should think bigger. Then we might be able to to do that. And I think I think the people are also joining in uh, and talking about that as well. Uh, we need to value each other more and we need to uh, want others to succeed. It can be lonely at the top. You need to understand that you... You do not you do not want to be there alone. I think that's a beautiful way of saying it. And yes, it will benefit us all if we leave uh, and uh, if we lift each other up. Uh, and Stephanie also shares in that's somewhat unfortunate when our story gets sold by for, uh, foreigners. It means we have an important job to do: marketing our own content. Definitely. And I think for sports, uh, the thing that I really like, I think Biggie Biggie Boy is really putting us on the map, but. Uh, where we shouldn't only fo- focus on Piggy Boy, Renzo, but also on Jair, John Effa, who had a world record, but also on the other fighters like Donovan Wiesa. Of course, Biggie is in the biggest division in, in the UFC. And that's why we focus a lot on Biggie and we're, we should be happy what he does. And oh, But also Donovan Wiesa and other fighters. Uh, Salma is also one of the MMA fighters. He fights for Bellator, a little less known, but also somebody. And what happens if these, these sporters don't get the acknowledgement or the support from us, they kind of start distancing, distancing themselves. We have somebody with Surinamese roots who actually won in the NFL, but we don't know his name because we don't know the story. Yeah, so this, this, we have somebody with Surinamese roots who was in the team of the first lady, Michelle Obama, but we don't know about it. So these are kind of things that we should learn about and also understand why these are not things that are heavily promoted. But we, that we don't know about. So there's a lot more, uh, and we have a lot of Surinamese people in very important places in the world. But I think we should definitely start start respecting each other, but also stop underestimating yourself. We're, we're a lot more creative than people think. When I studied in Belgium, I, I studied my master, I did three months in, in Brussels, and I learned about the marketing budgets that European cities have to promote their city. And I was like, whoa, if we had those budgets to promote Suriname, wow. But then on the other hand, we're like, because we don't have these budgets, we are much more creative than than, than we think. And we should definitely uh, not take that for granted. Speaking of budgets and like marketing and branding, 
let's play a little hypothetical to close this off. Let's assume we don't have, we, we've resolved that grab mentality, the, uh, we, we started lifting each other up. We have though, we, we were tapping into the, these unknown international relations uh, with Surinamese roots. Um, Rajiv, what, what, what are your thoughts on how, what the next step as in a Surinamese brand would be as a whole, uh, taking into account that we've resolved the current issues we've just mentioned now? How would a, let, let's paint the picture. How would a Surinamese brand look? Or how would the brand Suriname look? Better said. You're, you're on mute, by the way. No, that's, uh, that's a good question. Um, even if we haven't resolved that, that issue, um, I think we should become more culturally confident. This is uh, self-aware saying of the school period. And uh, while, while I'm saying that, even I'm not, I'm still exploring a lot about my culture. Um, and it's not just our food, and all. there's more to it. Uh, so, so I think we are one self-aware of what uh, Suriname and its capabilities, are, its strengths are, um, and and uh, at the same time, as a nation, we lift each other up, etc. Then we open up to partner with other brands, other countries, other. Um, I think labels will come to us. Hey, let's let's do something together, and then we will not have a, a only a 5% cut, but we'll have a, a bigger say in that. Because we have something so special to offer, and we are united in that front, that you can't uh, sell us uh, apples, no? <laughs> Instead of pears. <laughs> no, but we know what, we, what our value is, and um, dare to negotiate, and dare to uh, find the best deal for it and uh, even partnerships. That's one. And I think the the another level is that um, we will attract a certain type of investors. I, I can't name it yet, but certain type of in investors that want to do in a responsible in, in industry. Some who want to build their responsible industries. Take our for example, our, uh, it's, it's so, so many possibilities with our uh, green pharma. Um, take our, I still believe that our, our, our sand has potential to do something with glass and build an industrial glass with that, or, and many, many more things. And I, I went to and just to uh, come back to another comment, uh, I went to uh, the, um, what's the place called, the um, Stube, the, our lake. And uh, it's funny how you uh, asked that question earlier, so now our, um, our beach, I, fi I finally realized that we have our own beach. <laughs> And with blue, blue-ish water. So Stumir is such a great opportunity to invest in kind of ecotourism, 
uh, to build it. And it's also, there's a research uh, has been done around it. Uh, I did with that. That, that's already <clears throat> worked out in detail how, it, how it, it's a great scenario for uh, ecotourism. So that's one of the one of the opportunities. Uh, we have so many. I mean, 2020 brought me so many things. I mean, I started ex exploring my country more, and um, and I'm still exploring. So the COVID situation has also some opportunities. And uh, one, one celebrity, uh, and then probably many more. My company does business with the World Bank directly in Washington D.C. And um, I, I think for us it's a major milestone. But the head of the um, IT department, to call it like that, has is from Suriname's descent. And there are probably many more from Suriname's roots. But, and, and one of the questions I think um, for the remarks is you should uh, attract the successful Suriname's and make us uh, interview them. I think if we uh, make it interesting and if we make it interesting for, for our diaspora to welcoming I think they will gladly try to uh, share uh, their stories because uh, I think they're also a bit scared uh, because that sentiment that has been created uh, about being, being a traitor and all. Uh, instead, I would see that as an advantage. Actually, you're still at this time thinking of leaving Suriname. Uh, I would say glad to do it and come back or still try to add because it's we're part of a global globalized world and this is this is when you begin to become a world-class economy world-class country it's all in that's that's all part of it and uh if i had i didn't leave in an early age uh, and explore countries uh, outside of Suriname, and i'm not coming netherlands netherlands doesn't come other countries uh, my, my my appreciation for my country would not has been would not be like how it's uh, right now it grew even more, and I realized what our value proposition is, and I'm still ex um, um, uh, exploring that part, still finding new things. I'm really glad you mentioned that to close off, to explore, and if you get a chance to do it, do it, because I've experienced the same. Once you've seen how it is out there from different, from fully developed, well, what we call fully developed, there are different ranges of development in those countries. And you look back, it, you say, yeah, we, we got it good. Even if there's so many problems, we still got it really, really, really good over here. Just my two cents on that. I, I, think, I think COVID gives us an opportunity to look that, at that from a different perspective. It gives us an opportunity to look at different countries in the world where a lot of us want to go, places a lot of us want to go, and to think like, but why do we want to go there? Aside from learning something, like Rajiv said, if you have the opportunity to go abroad, to go study, to go away for a year, for even a couple of months, you should definitely do it, unless you have small children like me, or <laughs> the, the situation doesn't allow it take, at the moment. But, but, but if you're in your mid-20s, you don't have any commitments to your family or to somebody else, 
and you get the opportunity, go. Don't think about trading your country because the experience and the knowledge that you will get from that opportunity, money can buy it. I think that's one of the most important things. And um, But you really should start thinking about why do I want to go to certain places and and actually explore if you don't have those opportunities here as well. And I'm going to give a very simple example. My wife is Dutch. She wants to go picnicking. She wants to go uh, to uh, the beach, those kind of things. And we keep finding these places in Suriname where you can do those things. And of course, they're not properly equipped like they would be in, in, in the felt countries that everything is plated out because people see the opportunity and make it commercial. But we have all those places here. That's the crazy thing about it. We have all the opportunities here to make whatever there is in the world. And the other way, it doesn't go the other way around. When it's winter in, in, in certain countries in the world, you, you can make it summer. It's just cold. <laughs> it's just cold, cold, cold. And there's no way you can heat the place up to get the same feeling as you would get in Suriname. And I'm not just talking about the temperature, but also the people, the warmth yeah. of the people, the warmth of the food. Uh, these are kind of things, again, that both of you said, we take them for granted because we we just look and we want to have it better. But as soon as you realize what the rest of the world has to offer and you come back to Suriname, you start enjoying it a lot more. And I realized something, uh, one value proposition that we also take for granted. And I, we, I, I, um, when I saw that, when I felt it, I thought, whoa, this is it. And that's when I, in my wildlife program, and I was in Dallas. So it was election year, um, and the racial sentiment was also a bit hot. Uh, but I think that has been around. But Dallas is part of Texas. So I'm in the bus at 7, uh, 6 p.m. Uh, I'm going back to my uh, hostel. And, and I'm minding my business just being uh, sitting in the bus. And there is one other guy who was probably a war veteran. Uh, or let's just call him an, an older person who is still having a conversation with uh, another woman. And they're talking about people taking their jobs. Complaining about people taking their jobs, yeah, from Iraq, blah blah blah, and I, I did not even make eye contact. And then, yeah, you're here and taking our job, blah blah blah. That's like, and I didn't say. I, and then he, he went on, and then I asked him, "So where am I from?" Because he, he he's claiming that I'm taking his job. So where am I from? Um, because I think he was looking at my face and thinking of a specific uh, profile, and that profile uh, in his head takes jobs. And, and that's when uh, I realized uh, in the US, you people look at the world black and white. Here in Suriname, we look at the world in 4K, multicolored. We don't have that in front of our eyes and we have part so much for granted and that's the sad part so that's one thing i would love to cherish keep cherishing because that makes us very special 
Well, it's a it's awareness part as well, though. We we do have to wear if 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 we as Surinamese people are are lazy and don't want to work. We've already seen with the Cubans, with the Haitians, the Guyanese, people will take our jobs the same way. If the economy gets better and people get paid better in Suriname, rest assured, the rest of the Caribbean will come here and try to take our jobs because they are willing to work very hard for it. And um, if we're, we get financially literate and know how to use that power of, of workforce and people who are dedicated to working hard and use it in our advantage, uh, it's, it's also very positive. But we, we also have to be aware that, um, that as, as the rest of the world, if we get it better in Suriname, if Suriname develops and the rest of the world sees us as an opportunity, there, there will become a change. And we will also get to be the focal point of migration throughout the Caribbean and Latin America. So, uh, yeah, we shouldn't take our, our our position for granted. That's that's also what I, I'm thinking. He was thinking that you were Mexican. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but I, I am thinking that he was thinking that you were Mexican. Well, yeah, he was mentioning things about Iraq and all that and Indians. Yeah. At that time, a lot of Indians were. Oh yeah, Indians, Indians of course. <laughs> Uh, Indians could be an option, but he could also think that you were Mexican. Could be, could be, but that's why I asked him first, so where am I from? And he, he couldn't answer, and then he complained, da, 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 you're taking our job, I'm here to get home. <laughs> no, but you have a, you're, you're um, talking about a topic that we should definitely also start discussing, have massive discussions about it. There are new influx of people that will arrive in Suriname. How we will handle it? <clears throat> how we will take these people into our communities? Because that's also part of uh, becoming successful, becoming world class. Um, yeah, I, I think we should. Uh, we don't have to reinvent the wheel, though. Uh, we can look into other nations who have done that. Uh, there are not uh, that many that have done it successfully, actually. Well. The, the one but, that but I think this is yeah, yeah that's a topic for another. Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Dubai, but <laughs> thank you, like thank 80, you. Eighty, ninety percent uh, are migrants there, and when you and I've seen this in New Zealand too. There's a lot of migrants going there, and also from the Pacific Islands, migrant workers, because you know. Um, they they they're very laid back, so they leave these like hard jobs for the migrants. But it is they who then contribute to the total economy. Um, and yeah, who wins in the end? That's yeah, can can't really decide now. But that's really something a, a topic we we should or can explore more in another episode. But speaking of taking jobs, um, so to close off, uh, if I may, Rajiv, do you have any last messages? What can people expect from you in the coming months? Um, where can people find you? Uh, how do they find Silicon Dorup? And anything else you'd like to add? Oh, uh, first of all, thank you, Dave uh, and Shandik, for this opportunity. Uh, everyone who tuned in, ask questions. Uh, Silicon Dorp, uh, you can, there's a LinkedIn page and there's a Facebook page. 
uh, domain is already reserved. Uh, you can also go to siliconjar.com uh, and it will bring you to the social media uh, page. I think this year um, <clears throat> there will be a lot of, uh, how do you say, exploring. There's a, um, there's a phase of partnerships and a phase of programs. Uh, one thing that I'm preparing is to uh, do a, an accelerator uh, type of or a pitch competition type of program, and then uh, a short tank spin off called Anumara Tank. <laughs> Uh, but it's something either end of the year or next year because uh, we still have to you you build up and Shark Tank level is a bit um, on another level, um, so we will have to build it. And the good thing is I don't have to do it. Um, so a lot of others are doing this type of uh, activity. So it's it's uh, I will definitely reach out to them and also give them the the full picture. It, this is uh, your part in the ecosystem and uh, try to find the missing pieces. And uh, so it's about working together. It's not my vision. Uh, I want everybody to own it and you know, run it. And uh, because in the end, we all benefit. Um, that's, that's the head of ecosystem builder. Um, so, uh, and then. The, the message I want to leave everyone with is we started the hashtag Saranang uh, Sani for the world and I strongly believe that we have a lot to offer the world uh, business-wise, culture-wise, everything else. Um, so let's let's work on that. And I think a lot of people are already doing that. But let's consciously and in, uh, work, uh, work towards creating products that we can also export. Uh, either physical products or just services. Um, we have a lot to offer, a lot of good things to offer. And with that being said, uh, Suriname, uh, believe in the believe in the vision, believe in um, what what can become, and that is uh, for me that. Uh, uh, self, uh, the culturally, com cultural, confident nation with uh, Wakanda level uh, uh, state of uh, doing things. Awesome. Thank you, Rajiv. Um, do we have any last comments that we need to shout out? Uh, yeah, sure. Then you I can roll so. out the credits. I think we will thank, awesome. thank everyone for joining. Yeah. Thank you for joining. Some last comments, and then we'll close it off. Thank you, Michael. Suriname, discover the unexplored potential. There is a saying, if you build it, they will come. And Saranasani for the world. Thank you all for watching. This was Social Convos. See you next week, Tuesday at 9 p.m. Surinamese time. Bye-bye.